something that I'd like to actually just hear you describe, and this is going to sound weird, mm-hmm. but like you mentioned, uh, you know, beach music is sounds like R and B to me. Yeah. In musical terms, describe what that sound was coming out of Norfolk, coming out of beach music. I mean, it's- well, specifically Norfolk, you had a huge, huge drum beat. I mean, listen to something like "When Matilda Comes Back" by Jimmy Soul, and just note how loud the drums are. That wasn't happening in a lot of different places where you'd have this prominent, almost modern sounding drums. Um, uh, to me, uh, classic R and B has that, but it also has a, a primal element to it. Definitely not something that was, you know, airbrushed over or glossed out in the production values, but something where you can actually sort of feel the live vitality of it. Um, Beach music, to me, is a little sweeter. Um, That's not to say that there's not some great songs that are considered beach music, but um, it it, it always, I won't say watered down, because a lot of it is so good, but um, maybe not as primal, maybe not as um, in-your-face think it was more sanitized do you think possibly now maybe the early stuff wasn't like the showman uh and the general johnson stuff but then later as people knew what people wanted that they wanted to slow dance too and that girls would be there uh maybe they did uh, uh sanitize it a little bit it's an interesting thing you know one thing that happened to charlie um well they had this l rev uh, um mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. uh, which i want to say something about um, but but while I'm thinking this here, is they they did have a moment where um, in New York and I can't remember the guy's name uh, had gotten them booked at the Apollo mm-hmm. and was really going to push this mm-hmm. record. Oh, I saw that, and he got sick. He got yeah, sick. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and but then went ahead without them knowing and. The album ended up getting released in Europe on mm-hmm. Polydor Records. Not only that, with a picture sleeve. That's what's crazy about it. They didn't know about it, but yet here's this picture sleeve going around Europe on the Polydor label. That's, yeah. But that, that was how it was done back then. You know, uh, you had, There's a reason why there's a cliche about the unscrupulous manager. It's because there were enough of them to, to make them a cliche. I mean, um, you, you know, there are people who have never forgiven Frank Guida his sins. And, and um, what's interesting, I think right now, you know, and you know this, is that how this music, it's almost like the more obscure, the better. Mm-hmm. Uh, Northern Soul, they're yeah. falling over there, over overseas. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you want to... Oh, and several, yeah, several, um, there are several uh, Norfolk Sound uh, recordings that are just integral, just absolutely classic Northern Soul tracks that they just go crazy for. In England, um, just ask me by Linus Guest, the one that Charlie and the Magnificence are on. Is that's one of those tracks that is just beloved and, and much played in the in the in the dance clubs. Um, yeah, there's a certain um, I'm gonna out obscure you sort of nature to this uh, that I that I find somewhat distasteful um, because that's yeah it shouldn't be what what you like the fact that just somebody hasn't heard it. it um, but there is that element to it of, uh, oh, I've got one you've never heard, you know. Exoticizing um, it kind of. I'm trying, to rem- I'm trying to remember the, um, the, the, the there are several, uh, several tracks from the 60s uh, recorded in Norfolk that are huge, huge songs. Go for hundreds and hundreds of dollars if you can find an original copy. 
you know, people are discovering the music that came out of uh, the Hampton Roads area. They're they're discovering it pretty hard right now. There are a lot of collectors, a lot of DJs uh, who are really into it and, and are, are helping to keep it alive, basically, um, uh, which is a good thing because, uh, you know, a lot of this stuff is really beyond obscure. Some of the Shiptown records, I was told there was pressings of less than a, like 200, uh, which would, you know, make sense when you consider how much they go for if you find one uh, these days. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of neat to see the, uh, say, the younger people discovering this music. But they are, and it's cool. And were there other, uh, you know, L. Rev were basically two brothers mm-hmm. who, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, had Charlie and didn't know, you know, they really didn't have much of a clue what they were doing. Yeah. Um, and that's the story of independent they didn't labels. Know, they didn't you know? even know what Virtue Studios, you know, the significance mm-hmm. of that studio. Right. Um, was there, in your, do you know, were there a lot of, were there other, like these kind of cottage, uh, you know, labels? Oh, small? all over the place. I mean, the, you know, the, uh, the history of rock and roll and of uh, soul music and R&B, it's, it's littered with the one shots. The, uh, the guy who has the great song, uh, and just wants to record it goes into maybe a local station or in a, or a local studio or a local radio station and records it uh, puts it out on a custom pressing uh, in fact um, the guys who own the Fernwood Farm studio the Phelps brothers had such an operation where you could come into their studio record the song professionally uh, and then they would handle getting your record pressed all for a set fee uh, and I imagine because um, Linus Guess and Kenneth Deal um, recorded um, a lot of their early material at Fernwood Farms, that that's how they that that's how they did it. Uh, they probably contracted through the Phelps brothers. But every mid-sized to large town would have had those opportunities for people to do that. Um, so yeah. It, it's really kind of, I mean, in Richmond here, too, just, just tons of these one-shot labels. Maybe they had one or two uh, 45s, put them out, and then, uh, you know, years later, they're these much sought-after artifacts. Uh, and, and for good reason, because sometimes those things can sound so much better, more interesting to our ears today than a lot of the stuff that, uh, that was professionally produced at the time, where you had kind of a cookie-cutter assembly for the production, you know. 